and welcome back to another episode of That's a Wrap. I'm Shannon and today's episode is going to be about season one of Manifest. So I do want to say that I used to watch the show when it first came out on NBC back in 2018 and I only watched a season and a half before I stopped. I stopped for two reasons. One being back in the day when it was a thing to still watch TV shows on cable channels, the breaks killed me. Um, I would lose interest constantly on every TV show because of the holiday breaks, the summer breaks, all the breaks in between. That shit drove me crazy. I could not keep my interest in TV shows. That was part of the reason why I stopped watching Manifest. And I also stopped watching due to third shift issues. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. If you have ever worked third shift, if you've ever tried to function while working third shift, you know it's just not possible. If you know, you know. So let's go ahead and dig into season one. So in season one, we have Melissa Roxburgh, who was in Leprechaun Origins, and I still believe she plays Michaela. Josh Dallas from Once Upon a Time plays Ben, and Athena Karkinis, I probably spelled her name wrong. It is a Canadian name. I probably completely butchered that last name. I do apologize, but she was in Saw 4 and 5 for all of my horror movie fans, and she plays Grace, who is the wife of Ben. So we are going to go ahead and get started into this summary of season one, and it is long. I just want to go ahead and tell you right now, brace for it. It is long. This is a TV show like no other. And I'm going to go ahead and try to cut everything down. I do have notes. A lot of stuff happened in this, in this season. And I mean, it's just... Whew. Right, and I do apologize right now. Um... One of my cats is jumping all over me and everything, so if the sound is off or you hear anything, it is more than likely my cat. He just wants to cuddle today. So we start off with Michaela and Ben getting a plane voucher to go ahead and take a later flight home and get $400. So they're at the airport because them two, Ben's family, his twins, Grace, and then Ben and Michaela's parents all went to Jamaica. And Michaela is debating on whether she wants to say yes to her boyfriend, fellow cop Jared. And Ben and his son Cal go ahead and take the voucher. One, because... They need the money for Cal's cancer treatments. And two, because Cal wants to be with his dad. He wants to spend time with his dad. And that is the reason why he decides to go ahead with Ben and take the later flight. 
So, like I said, Cal does have cancer and is currently dealing with a death sentence regarding his cancer at the moment, which is why they all went on that trip. And once they are on the plane, the plane hits some turbulence and then it stops. The captain calls in to get permission to land. While doing so, they get redirected to a smaller and secluded airport, to which, upon landing, they are greeted with no cell service and multiple cops are on the landway once they arrive. So naturally, that causes everyone to freak out. And that is when all the passengers realize and find out that they have been missing and presumed dead for five and a half years. And once they get to the hangar and they are reunited with their family, Ben, Cal, and Michaela are greeted by Olive, which is Ben's daughter, Cal's twin sister, Grace, and their father. They find out that their mom died of cancer while they were gone, and Olive has grown up to be this beautiful 15-, 16-year-old teenage girl, and Michaela finds out shortly after landing that Jared married her best friend, Lourdes, two years after she was presumed dead. So, throughout the season, everyone on the plane starts experiencing hallucinations or callings, as they call them. I think it is just a more relaxing term for them to think of it as callings versus hallucinations. However, when they receive these callings, they have to decipher their meetings and act accordingly. So, in the first episode, Michaela and Ben keep hearing, free them, free them, free them. And as a result of those callings, they end up freeing two junkyard dogs, thinking that was it. But those callings continue, and Michaela ends up finding two missing girls. Once she finds these two girls, she is then able to rejoin the NYPD. And when she returns, she is partnered with her ex, Jared. So another passenger on the plane, Savani, finds out her research that she was conducting five and a half years ago was a success with cancer patients. And the newest member of the trial is, ironically, Cal Stone. And as a result of this, she gets really close to Cal through this cancer treatment. She also gets close with Ben and Michaela, and they share their callings. So at the end of the episode, most of the passengers experience a calling in which it makes them show back up to the plane. The plane is being investigated by feds. And while they are all there, the plane explodes. This situation now causes the government to be even more focused and suspicious on each passenger. So, moving forward, because of the callings, 
Ben is able to help a fellow passenger acquit his son of robbery after following his calling and finding out that the son of the jewelry store owner was actually the culprit in the robbery. So how this came about was he was in a storage unit with Olive. Olive was letting him know that she hung on to his and Cal's stuff after they went missing because she honestly believed they were still alive. And while they are there, he gets a calling and he follows the voice. He follows that calling to another storage unit located in the facility. And it ends up being the store owner's son on the phone talking about selling all of his jewelry. And there is a shit ton of jewelry in that unit. So at the same time, a fellow passenger of the plane, I believe her name is Kelly. She starts speaking out to the media regarding her callings and her experiences overall. And they were all advised not to speak to the media, not to speak to anybody. I mean, this was a supernatural event. Nobody knows what happens. Nobody knows how all of these people on the plane went missing for five and a half years and are back. They look the same exact as they left and no time has passed for them so while life has moved on in the world for all of the passengers on the plane it was only a plane ride away everything that happened yesterday to them is when they were all in jamaica so because kelly starts talking publicly about everything she is shot and killed in her home execution style and her body ends up going missing. They don't bring her to the morgue or the coroner's office. It just goes missing. So, like I said about that time moving forward and staying the same. While the time has moved forward for everyone but the passengers, Ben finds out that Grace was actually seeing someone and was actually in love with him. And Michaela eventually swallows her pride and tells her best friend Lourdes that she was going to decline Jared's marriage proposal, even though she was actually going to accept the proposal. She did not want her best friend to feel bad about their marriage, nor did she want Jared to feel bad about it. They had clearly moved on, even though for her, she was just debating yesterday if she was going to say yes. Um, at the same time, Cal also finds out that Olive is dating his old best friend. They are two 16-year-old. They've, they've gotten close, and it makes them feel even more awkward. So yet again, because of another calling, Michaela is able to find her old best friend. So Michaela was in a car accident. She was drunk driving. She killed her best friend, Evie. She goes and tries to visit... Evie's parents and in the process she finds out that Evie's mom has dementia and doesn't realize that Evie is dead. Um, she stops by the house and then finds out that Evie's mom is actually missing and she ends up getting over her fear of driving and goes around and drives around and tries to find Evie's mom. In the process she does find Evie's mom. She is walking in the middle of the road confused, scared, all out of the element. If you've ever dealt with anybody who has dementia, you know what that can do to somebody. 
and as a result she kind of like maneuvers the car in a way to where the oncoming car that would have hit Evie's mom would have to like swerve. So that car that almost hits Evie's mom swerves into I believe it was a pole and Michaela being a cop obviously goes up to the car and when she goes up to the car she looks into it and finds out that the driver has Kelly's missing necklace. There was a necklace missing from Kelly's collection when she was shot and killed and the driver ends up admitting to killing Kelly. So we then find out that a flight attendant on the plane helped smuggle her cousin Leo's boyfriend onto the plane and he ends up being institutionalized because of the callings that he's having and everyone is able to find him. His name is Thomas and everyone is able to find him. Um, Savani and the flight attendant take him. They, they meet up with Ben. They put him in this like secluded warehouse area and Cal who has the strongest callings of all, Cal is able to find Thomas. He has no idea what's actually going on, but he's able to find Thomas by going through, like, the New York sewer systems. Well, they're not really the sewer systems. They're, like, underground tunnels. And he's apparently playing a game with Ben, and Ben's yelling at him to stop. He's not stopping, he's just going and going, and he, like, opens up these secret passages um, and goes through all these tunnels, and he ends up finding Thomas. And, obviously, Ben knew he was there, so he wasn't surprised, but Ben was surprised that Thomas was able to be tracked down by Cal. So, Cal ends up getting really sick and ends up having seizures and then speaking Bulgarian, even though he doesn't know any Bulgarian. So, as a result of this, the team eventually figure out that he is connected to fellow missing passengers who are being experimented on. Due to this, Ben confronts Vance, who we do meet in the earlier episode. He is actually one of the people that tell the passengers that they have been missing, presumed dead for five and a half years, and he works with the NSA. Ben confronts him, blaming him for... The experiments for the missing passengers however Vance has nothing to do with it and once Ben leaves Vance himself goes to investigate. In another twist of events Jared and Michaela are working on another crime scene and the witness does not want to cooperate and through her callings Michaela is able to find out that this witness received a heart transplant from Evie when she has passed and is able to convince him to help out in the case. So at this point, Ben is so consumed in his callings and the flight that he ends up taking a job to basically hack into the job system and get information on the flight and the missing passengers. So he does eventually discover information from on a fellow passenger named Fiona. She is like a scientist who is studying telepathy, shared consciousness. I think that's how she words it. And because of her findings and her work from before the plane went missing, this group 
this team who calls themselves the Singularity Project is doing the experiments on these passengers, basing the experiments off of Fiona's research. Michaela receives another calling and it leads her to a fellow 828 passenger who then jumps off of a building because he is calling himself the Angel of Death. He believes that everybody he is telling these callings to are ending up dead because of him. And that thought causes a panic between everyone in this group because they they start wondering if it is in fact true, if by telling outsiders about these callings, if it is leading to their deaths. So Michaela, Vance, Jared, Ben, and Fiona all arrive at the potential location of where the experiment experiments are being held, but they find nothing. Cal, who, like I said earlier, has a stronger connection to these callings and to these missing passengers, shows up and he tells them about a hidden door, which he is correct and they did not notice prior. And he he has a drawing and he's he literally points to it. So Cal does these drawings for his callings to help get out what he is experiencing out on, on paper for people. And everyone goes into the secret passage and they are able to get the missing passengers out. However, Vance and Jared are left in a shootout and an explosion occurs trapping them. So Jared is seriously hurt and we find out that Vance is now dead, that he died after the explosion either in route or at the hospital. And so now we are being introduced to the major. She is a female who is trying to track down the passengers and trying to figure out what's going on. And she is obsessed with Cal. She is obsessed with Cal. She is obsessed with watching Ben and Michaela. Like she is tracking everybody down. She is watching their every move. She she wants to know what is going on. And she wants to know what they are all capable of for her own doing. So in the process of this, Michaela and Cal begin sharing a calling which eventually brings Cal to a remote cabin in the middle of the woods in northern New York. And he runs away. He goes to this to this remote cabin. And we find out that it is leading him to a missing guy who was presumed dead for a year named Zeke. Cal runs off to the cabin, and when he runs off to that cabin, it results in the Major having her team try and track him down, and Ben and Grace are also trying to track him down and get to him before the Major and her team does, because nobody knows what the Major is planning, what she is doing, they just know that 
that group of people cannot find Cal. So now at this point, Zeke has appeared in the cabin with Grace, Cal, and Ben, and Michaela shows up, and we find out that Zeke, Cal, and Michaela are all connected. However, Michaela and Zeke are connected more so than Cal, and with this information, Savani comes up with the conclusion that Zeke was most likely affected through the aftershock of the plane being hit. So she is thinking what happened was, because these occurrences cannot, they don't happen. There's no explanation for them, so the only explanation she'd come up with is that it was an aftershock. So the plane was nearby, and when it was struck by lightning or whatever kind of meteor storm that was happening, whether it was weather-related, whether it was planet-related, when the plane got hit with the lightning, it traveled down to Earth, and it ended up attacking, I guess you could say, shocking Zeke, causing him to be missing, presumed dead for a year, but really being alive. So... Fiona is now being taken captive by the captain of the plane originally, who is desperate to prove that he is not responsible for 828 going missing. And they are eventually, unfortunately, shot down by the National Guard, although no wreckage has ever been found. Savani, who had previously discovered an unknown blood marker in her and Cal's blood, also discovers it in Zeke as well which further makes her believe that they all have different blood markings now from whatever happened up in the sky, whatever happened with the aftershock. They all have this change in the system, this mutation. And Michaela now believes that her callings that she is sharing with Zeke or help to or to help him move on from the death of his sister in 2006 that he blames himself for and he also tells her that he is not ready to return to the world and as a result he ends up moving in with her after she is able to help him move on shortly after he moves in Zeke and Cal share a calling that Michaela also eventually has, and it's showing some black wolf, which, after a lot of time trying to convince Cal to draw what he saw, Zeke and Grace are then given a picture of the wolf actually attacking Michaela. So Michaela and Zeke are only seeing a wolf. Cal, who, like I said before, has stronger connections to these callings, he sees the wolf attacking Michaela. And at the same time that he's showing Zeke and Graceless picture, Michaela is called to a crime scene where a robbery van that was crashed into the river is finally found, gets pulled up, and as she opens the door, the driver is still alive and perfectly fine even after 84 hours under the water.
So, with this being said, um, she ends up visiting this guy to, I forget what his name was. It either begins with a J or a G, I'm not sure. Um, but when they pull this guy up, who has a very long rap sheet, um, she, she talks to him about the callings and she very stupidly explains what the callings are and what they mean. She was kind of hoping that by doing so, he would want to turn his life around like he was given a second chance to turn his life around and that's not the case he's just a bad bad guy and he uses it for the worse and to get off of all of these charges that he has against him like the robberies and the murders and stuff because he did murder people in the robbery um he tells everybody about a bomb and the bomb was able to be found stopped and he got away scotch-free he killed multiple people and robbed a store and has a very very long rap sheet and the fbi was willing to let him go all because he was able to prevent a bombing which wasn't because he was trying to be a nice guy it was because he wanted not to go to jail So, at this point, Griffin, once he is released from police custody, Michaela, Ben, Savani, and Zeke all here stop him in a calling. And Jared, who is still very skeptical of Zeke, um, you know, he doesn't want to go out into the real world. He is trying to stay hidden. You know, now he's living with Michaela and Jared still has feelings for Michaela. And actually, Lourdes actually left Jared because she found out that Michaela and Jared had had sex. Jared, just being all caught up in his jealousy and suspicions, has an officer follow Zeke. That officer sees Zeke purchasing something in the alleyway. Jared goes and confronts him in Michaela's apartment. And they end up arguing. And we find out prior to this that Zeke was going to shoot and kill Griffin. That was his name, Griffin. Thank you, Notes, for coming through. Um, Griffin was the robber's name that was in the truck um so he he was taking the stop him the stop him sign as kill griffin however as griffin is walking to the media he ends up dry drowning so like a whole bunch of water comes out he ends up dry drowning and this is when olive and ben find out that he died the exact amount of time he was gone. So he died at like 80, 
two hours or 84 hours and something minutes after he was found alive, but that was how, how long he was underwater for. And they end up finding out that all the passengers on flight 828 have a death date, which is June 2nd of 2024. And Cal does confirm that he has had visions of all of their deaths. So Cal is shown to have gravestones with him, Ben and Michaela, and so, at this point, Grace is telling Ben that she's pregnant, but that her ex-boyfriend that she was seeing before Ben came back is most likely the father. However, Grace ends up having vis visions or callings, and they find out the baby is actually um, Ben's. Um, so, at this point, we are going to go ahead and backtrack a little bit to what I was talking about about how Zeke and Jared were in a confrontation. So they were in a confrontation in Michaela's apartment and Jared was accusing Zeke of buying drugs. Zeke told him that he was illegally buying a gun. So they start fighting over it. And Michaela walks in and a trigger goes off. You hear the gunshot and that is how season one ends all right so that was a long ass recap i'm telling you there is no show like this show and i kind of hope that there is not another one because this is such a one-of-a-kind show and i would like it to stay that way so many people, so many producers, so many companies, so many writers see the success that other shows have and they do something similar to it. I do not want that to happen to Manifest. Now, I know that Manifest was canceled. It was not doing well with the ratings. Once Netflix picked it up and had all three seasons on it, it went well to where Netflix is releasing season four in 2022. Um, however, I personally enjoy this show. I enjoyed it when I first watched it and I am enjoying watching it again. And I do believe I actually gave a spoiler for part of season two. Because um, I am starting to watch season two because I'm going to go right into season two's recap shortly after this is up. So I think Grace and Ben, I think when I said that they find out the baby is his, I think that's actually season two now that I think of it. So I think I may have started combining the seasons accidentally, but that is fine, you know listener discretion is advised I should probably start putting that in the beginning of the podcast um however I do hope that nobody tries to replicate this show in any form this is one of a kind show and I love watching it and I love that it is different that being said we still don't know what happened up in the sky on the plane. And I am all about the 
Bermuda Triangle conspiracies and re-watching and doing this podcast for season one I did do more research on flights that one may take from Jamaica to New York and they do cross through the Bermuda Triangle so they're like right at the end of it out of all possible flights that a flight could take it is kind of at the end so it's not as much space it's not in the heart of the triangle but it's on the lower end with a very small space but crazy things happen in the bermuda triangle am i right if you're a conspiracy theorist you are probably agreeing with me um but that is what i think i think some sort of Bermuda Triangle conspiracy thing happened and like there was like a meteor storm or something and it done went crazy hit the plane and somehow five minutes of turbulence turned into five and a half years missing and presumed dead that is what I think um but I am showing that this is a very long episode And I am going to try and cut it down. Um, But I don't know how much cutting down I'm going to be able to do. Because I had to look at my notes for this. To try and keep it short and sweet. And try to cover everything. And there was a lot of things that I skipped. A lot of things that I don't find important at the moment. But we'll have to talk about in season 2. So I will touch base on that stuff. When the time comes in season two, I just wanted to make this as short as it could go. So if you have seen season one, you do know that I have skipped over quite a bit of stuff. But we got to keep it short and sweet for this podcast. So be on the lookout for a recap of season two of Manifest. And hopefully some of the things that I skipped over in this podcast... I will be able to touch on a little bit more in detail in season two. So with that being said, my name is Shannon and that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, Go ahead and give the podcast a follow, a comment, a rate. Go ahead and give the Instagram a follow. The Instagram is just that's a wrap underscore podcast. And stay tuned for the next episode. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.